Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Green by Train Week 15 podcast, where we discuss how rail service performance is impacting the movement and export of Western Canadian grain. I'm Greg Northey, Vice President of Corporate Affairs with Pulse Canada, and I'm joined by Emile Proyer of QGI Consulting, who manages the Ag Transport Coalition, a consortium of agriculture groups that produce data and reports on rail service and performance. Thanks again for joining us today, Milt. Hi, Greg. Good to be with you again. So the ATC Week 15 report was just released, and at a high level, we saw some diverging performance between the two railways, particularly with respect to weekly order fulfillment, essentially the ability for railways to provide rail cars to shippers in the week they were ordered. How can you, can you give us a sense of what was in this week's report and what that may mean for the weeks ahead, Milt? Sure. Well, I guess, unfortunately, performance in week 15 uh, looked a lot like it has in recent weeks and most recently in week 14. Uh, CN's performance managed to slide backwards last week. Uh, in week 14, they had hit a number of 69% and in week 15 managed to slip back to 59% of shipper orders supplied on time. CP, on the other hand, kind of held their ground. They improved a little bit and stay in the range where they've been for a number of weeks now, meeting about 89% of shipper demand. So consistently better than CN and, and staying that way. The concern does remain, though, and we've talked about this before, regarding the high number of unfilled orders that are being carried over week to week by both railways, frankly. Uh, we've focused more recently on CN, but this has also become the case for CP. Coming out of week 15, the two railways together are going to carry through to week 16 just under 3,000 orders that were not filled in week 15. Um, When we look back over this grain year, that is by far the largest carryover that we have seen from week to week so far. So that's a little bit disconcerting. And as we've talked about before, the reason this is problematic is because the more you carry over from week to week, the more you eat into the available capacity that the railways have to handle new shipper demand that shows up week after week after week, because a portion of that capacity is being eaten up by trying to catch up from the shortfall in the prior week. So given all of this, if we look forward, um, unfortunately, I think I would have to say that we should expect performance in week 16 and perhaps even into week 17 to look a lot like what we've been seeing uh, in the recent past. Okay, thanks, Milt, and definitely something we'll be watching for. Now, something we've discussed in a previous podcast was corridors, and specifically Prince Rupert. Obviously, corridors have particular importance for, depending on which region of the, of the country you're in, which province a farmer may be in, you know, there's a lot of interest in making sure that, uh, you know, Vancouver is always the focus, but grain moves in all kinds of different directions, and it can have a, a real impact on on farmers as well as the, the grain companies. ATC tracks corridor performance very closely in the reports, we highlight performance in each quarter. Uh, but maybe you can give a little rundown for us about the specific uh, quarters that are that are particularly important for each province. Sure. Um, let me start by just uh, putting a little context around the issue. When you look at uh, the Western Canadian grain movement, the, the three quote-unquote Western ports of Vancouver, Thunder Bay, and Prince Rupert, they account for about 70% of the total Western grain movement. 
Vancouver is the largest. It eats up about 55%, followed by Thunder Bay and by Prince Rupert. The mix is a little bit different when you look at it by railway specific, CN versus CP. Uh, Common for both is the importance of Vancouver, which is the single biggest destination for both railways. Um, But for CP, Thunder Bay is the second biggest corridor. For CN, Prince Rupert is the second biggest corridor. When we take this to the provincial level, um, the importance of relative corridors changes again. So when we look at it by province, Alberta, very much focused on the West. Almost everything that comes out of Alberta goes to the West Coast, either through the Port of Vancouver to the Port of Prince Rupert. And when you look at the split between those two ports, it's about 83% going to Vancouver, about 17% going to Rupert. Saskatchewan, which obviously sits right in the middle of the prairies, is a bit of a hybrid in that, you know, it kind of has equal access in either direction. Um, When you think about distance to uh, tidewater, whether it be Thunder Bay and the Seaway or to the West Coast. So this really splits along railway lines in Saskatchewan for for CN surf shippers in, in Saskatchewan. Traffic is much more focused westward to Vancouver and to Prince Rupert and accounts for about 85%. On the other hand, for CP surf shippers, while Vancouver is still important, 71% of the traffic, it's followed by Thunder Bay at about 27%. Of course, CP does not go to Prince Rupert, so that's not an option for those shippers from those origins. Lastly, Manitoba is all about the east. The overwhelming majority of Manitoba's traffic moves east, either to the port of Thunder Bay or to eastern Canada. There's a little bit of westbound traffic to Vancouver and to Prince Rupert, but frankly, not a lot. Accounts for about 15 to 17% of traffic on an annual basis. Thunder Bay is definitely the key corridor. Uh, About 60% of Manitoba originated traffic ends up there, a little bit heavier on CP than CN, but is the most significant corridor for both railways coming out of Manitoba. And Eastern Canada, which is the second most important corridor for Manitoba shippers, actually grows in importance at different times of the year, particularly in the winter, when the seaway closed and traffic basically stops flowing to Thunder Bay for about four months between December and March. Yeah, thanks, Milt. And clearly for, for farmers and those reading the report, it's uh, always a good good point to to keep an eye on your quarters. It'll give you a sense of how things are and how things may be in the future. Um, can you give us a little preview, though? Uh, how has performance been in these corridors? Well, you know, frankly, a lot like it is at the system level. Um, there's really no significant discrepancies in performance that you would say exist across the key corridors for each of the provinces, at least not so far this year, as we're about three months and a bit into the current grain year. Um, Looking at each of the provinces, Alberta, you know, has about 80% demand fulfillment, uh, on-time demand fulfillment by the railways, both CN and CP. Very little to choose in the performance between CN and CP for those shippers uh, in those corridors. Saskatchewan, very similar to the West Coast as Alberta, although arguably CP's performance is a little bit better out of Saskatchewan than CN's. I think Saskatchewan is riding right around 85 to 86% on time 
with CP and a little bit less than that with CN. Manitoba, actually, of all three prairie provinces, has seen the best performance this year in nearly every corridor, particularly in its most important corridor to Thunder Bay. It has seen very good performance, above average, if you will, um, from both railways with both railways hitting between 80 and 90% on-time performance um, so far this year. Performance has been impacted for all three provinces to some extent uh, in their major corridors, um, specifically by the hopper car rationing that has uh, been undertaken by CN. This negatively impacts on-time order fulfillment. Uh, and unfortunately, I think given the trend that we're seeing at a system level, it's probably something we're going to see more of as we get farther into the winter. Thanks a lot for that, Milt. And clearly our export, uh, our ability to export and grow our exports is going to is going to be dependent on on smooth and functioning gateways, especially in these uh, Thunder Bay and Prince Rupert and Vancouver. And we'll definitely be looking to, to these reports to provide us some insight into what kind of policies or infrastructure investments we need to see in these quarters to make sure that we see these numbers uh, improve in the years ahead. Thanks again for joining us, Milt. And for those interested in seeing the ATC reports, please go to agtransportcoalition.com. Thanks a lot for joining us. Bye.